secondary character cycle podcast about the secondary characters of our beloved show and every week you're with myself ivan and my buddy Stephen. hey how's it going hey good good and can you believe it Stephen? we're in our 12th week i know it's uh it's great yeah it's awesome it's pretty great and we're really glad you're along for the ride with us so thank you for all your social media stuff you know if you follow us at bidwabask facebook twitter and instagram you can uh, leave us a message yeah and you can read and review us on itunes as well yes so if you feel the need if you feel inclined get in touch we'd really appreciate it we would love to hear from you and uh, yeah so thanks again and we hope you enjoyed this one too yeah yeah so what episode are we doing today well we're not doing one but two episodes we are two yes the trip parts one and two and these opened up season four so they're episode one and two that's right and uh i guess it's agreed upon generally that it's the start of the true golden age of seinfeld yes it elevated everything to another level so celebrity cameos Ratings, a murder uh, mystery, a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. It felt kind of like a some sort of drama or something. It was very intoxicating. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and just the uh, the setting, the production value, all of it just ramped up a lot. And uh, I think that paid off in ratings and just overall. Uh, awareness of Seinfeld yeah, and really it was, dialed everything up a notch yeah and it was a different turn for the show too because obviously for the first three seasons the show followed a pretty formula formulaic thing but they did have different obviously different plots followed a formula a followed a formula yeah that's what <laughs> I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah whatever yeah it's <laughs> fine we all know what you were trying to say yeah, t- yeah t- t- today junior <laughs> yeah I'm sure I'm sure but no it's it was really good because and I think because season three kind of ended on a cliffhanger you know Kramer getting the keys taken off by Jerry. Yeah. Getting his keys taken off him and then, you know, they spot Kramer in a, a role or a cameo in Murphy Brown. Which yeah, like you wanted to see how that played show. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So, and, you know, he uh, Jerry gets invited to the Jay Leno show and he, he finds an opportunity to go look for Kramer. Yeah. I think he, um, he wants to resolve that situation. Because like he says in uh, episode one, he feels bad about how it ended. Yeah, exactly. So he wants to make amends I guess yeah make it good yeah 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 so this is a good one and this was actually this episode was requested by uh, Peter from the United States it was too yeah yeah when he sent us an email a few weeks ago he asked us to do the trip so, yeah so this one's yeah. for you mate yeah thanks buddy if you're listening Peter thanks man uh, so we're not going to because he, he asked for episode like part two mm-hmm. but we thought stuff it let's do part one yeah I guess it didn't make much sense to do part two yeah. it has more characters to work with but it's one whole story, so we may as well just do the whole thing. Yeah, just do the whole thing. But before we do get into that, Stephen, you're going to get your uh, Anchorman burgundy suit ready and suited up. You, you've already got the moustache, so you're halfway there. <laughs> so uh, here it is, Seinfeld News for this week. Okay, so in this week's edition of Seinfeld News, as usual, there's four or five things to get through. So I'll uh, try and be brief without omitting any of the key details. So first one, uh, I thought this was really fun and I watched a few videos. A There's a YouTube chef uh-huh. uh, whose name's Andrew Ree or Ray. Okay. He, How do you spell that? Uh, R-E-A. Okay. Ray, Ria. 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 Re, Ria, <laughs> Di, Aria, I don't know. Di, Di, Aria. Yeah, his name's Spain. Di, 
initial A, Rhea. Yeah. So very, it sounds like a Bart Simpson prank call. You know, is huge ass there? Yes, this is huge ass. Oh, this is a prank call that's completely backfired. That's a very you, shitty fun. Oh, Explosive. Nice. Very good, very good. Oh, what's a start? You're more the pun man. Well, I, that I'm I'm the student right now. You're the master. So <laughs> you're teaching me some things. Master of my domain. <laughs> We really need to do that episode soon. We will. Yeah, I, I, we, we we reference it so much yeah, that we yeah. we need to we need to get it over and done with. No, but we said last week it would be like a special episode. It would be like the seventy seventh episode. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, getting a bit yeah. ahead of myself. A bit ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If so we anyway, get to seventy seven episodes, we'll <laughs> of course see. we will. Yeah. And um, yeah. So what he does, what his shtick is, is that he cooks recipes from TV shows. Um, his channel's called Bingin' with the. Bubbish, babish, babish. I'm not sure. Bubbish. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, and apparently that's named after Oliver Platt's small role on The West Wing. Never really watched it, so I don't get the reference. Anyway, no one remembers Oliver Platt. Yeah. So to give you an example of one of the um, or some of the the recipes that he that he does, um, he prepares and cooks the Thanksgiving sandwich from Friends. Not the biggest Friends fan, so I don't get that one. Um, the prison sauce from Goodfellas. I understood that one because I love that film. Oh yes. Yep. Um, the you need, to, you need to shave the onions. Yeah, the no, onions the garlic. Thin. The garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shave, make it thin. That's exactly right. Yeah. With a razor. With a razor. In prison. Nice. That's it. Um, the eponymous dish from Ratatouille. Oh, yes. And uh, this we're recording this uh, in mid to late May, so this news might be a couple of weeks old by the time you hear it. So um, the episode that he released about two or three weeks ago was a Seinfeld special and he prepared three foods from the sitcom mm-hmm. number one being the soup Nazis cream of mushrooms ah. Elaine's poppy seed muffins yes. or I should say muffin tops and <laughs> my favourite um, both the cinnamon and chocolate bubka he, cooked, he made them both and he sampled them both and he determined that the cinnamon bubka was superior I believe that yeah. cinnamon's fantastic yeah which is actually counter to the episode uh, where the chocolate bubka is determined to be the superior bubka. Well, that was 20 years ago, so times have changed. Yeah. We're a more cinnamon-tolerant society. That's it. Mm. Cinnamon progressives. Yeah. Cinegressives. C- cinnamon. Cinnamonists. Cinnamonists. <laughs> Cinnamonism. Cinnamonism. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um, <laughs> imagine trying to say that drunk. That would be a failure. <laughs> trying to say it sober's hard. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Like, <laughs> drunk would just be an absolute train wreck. Yes. So, um... One extra part of that, uh, he's already planning, he's already announced that he's planning on making a second video, um, all because of the YouTube comments. People loved it. They went crazy for it. I watched the video. It was really fun. Um, and he makes it really easy to cook them at home, which is really cool. So if you you know, if you know want to have a bit of fun and cook something from Seinfeld, really easy. Yeah. Um, and he said that he'll probably do the black and white cookies. Oh, lovely. Yep. So good. That should be easy. Yeah. Marble rye. Oh. Um, eggplant calzonis, which would just be amazing. Costanza's in the building. Costanza's <laughs> in the building. Where's and the um, and the big salad. Oh, the big salad. You and there's probably the a bunch salad. of more. He could probably do gyros. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What other food references could he do? Oh, geez. For what other foods could he do? Oh, um... I don't know. Could I can't think of think a bunch. If you can think of any, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm more gonna, importantly, let him know. Yeah, and I bet you after the recording, I'm going to figure out ten of them. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yep. That'd be a fun thing to do, to like... 
watch every episode of Seinfeld, note down every food and try and make them all like over a year or something. <laughs> the you know. Seinfeld cookbook. Yeah, exactly. Like most people make New Year's resolutions like, I'm going to join a gym and lose 20 kilos. And it's like, no, nah, you're probably not. You're probably going to join it, go once and then never go again. I reckon that's a New Year's resolution or a New Year's idea that you could actually see through. Well, funnily enough, I listened to um, Four Finger Discount, okay. Simpsons podcast yeah, yeah, in yeah. Australia, and they're, they're releasing a book later in the year. Oh, wow. I reckon, yeah, about, you know, their um, Seinfeld in chronological order, like their notes and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's being published at the moment. You mean they're Simpsons in chronological order? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to review every episode of 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 the Simpsons that they've done, and they're going to put their own kind of take on it. So they're going to review their own podcast. Well, I, I think it's 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 like notes. It's like okay. a, a, a memorandum kind of thing, like an addendum to their. Yeah, podcast I think it's something, something okay. like that. Yeah. Right, that um, sounds interesting. But what I was thinking is maybe we'll do a Seinfeld cookbook. That would be fun. Yeah, even if we just put it together and released it as a PDF or something. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, for free too. That's it. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, what just, do you think? Just, just pay us in food. Yeah. Just send us food. Well, that's fine. Well, that's, about, that's more than enough payment for our efforts. Well, how about I put the challenge out now? Mm. You're listening and you have a, an idea for a Seinfeld recipe. Yep. Let us know. Maybe we'll do uh, we'll start a collection. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, get in touch. Please do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the second part of news that uh, there is a Seinfeld-themed party... Um, sorry, I should say there's a bar in Chicago. Um, it's called Scofflaw, and it's in the Logan Square neighborhood, which I believe is like an inner city kind of neighborhood. Okay, yeah. Um, and in a couple of weeks, they're going to be ho- uh, hosting a Seinfeld theme party with specials and a menu themed after the 90s hit TV series. Um, much like the previous bit of news, the menu will include the big salad, ah, yes. discarded muffin tops, black and white cookies. Um, the event will have no cover charge. I feel like we're giving a free plug, but I don't think they're going to, nah. you know, we're not going to influence their numbers, so it's fine. Oh, it should be fine. Yeah. You had to order the big salad. Yeah, if we're ever in Chicago for any reason, I'll go in there and I'll be like, a year ago we plugged you on our podcast, so give me some free food. Yeah, or give me a big salad. Give me a big least. salad. Or not, something. Not two small salads, a big salad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's happening. So if you're in Chicago uh, on June 2, go to that. Yeah. Sounds fun. Or if you want to fly us to Chicago, maybe we'll go. Okay. What do you reckon? Yeah. It's a bit short notice. Don't have work or let me go. But Yeah. Maybe we could hit up an airline for sponsorship and they'll... <laughs> don't think that's going to happen. Hopefully not the uh, private jet like in the finale. Not, yeah. Or United <laughs> Airlines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're dragging Stephen out. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so, the third bit of news. There's a company called Yayo. Y-A-Y-Y-Yo. Yayo. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so... What their, I guess their plan is to be an aggregator for ride-hailing services like Uber and Lyft, so yeah. you can match them all together. Right. Um, it's it's in its startup phase. It's I think it's getting seed investment and angel investment happening as we speak, um, and it's putting a lot of effort into its marketing. And it's uh, I believe going to go public really soon, which is a thing apparently in startups they don't normally do that, but mm. they have so much faith behind this that they think that they can. They think it's it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth the trouble. Yeah, you, you might as well because there's now, especially in America, there's so many ride-sharing services. It yeah, makes sense to have like an amalgamated website. Yeah, you know? I think it sounds like a good idea. Sounds fantastic. But apparently, it's a bit shady because the guy uh, I don't actually. Oh, sorry, his. Sorry, I thought I had his name. I don't. He's got this shady history where apparently he's been involved with like arms dealers and like drug dealers. Oh, so you might find an AK-47 in the boot of an Uber. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been charged with stock manipulation before. I don't oh, think okay. he was actually convicted, but he's got this kind of shady, dodgy so he, past. He's a bit dodgy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the why this relates to Seinfeld is that the pitching ad for investors is actually uh, done by John Hurley, who played 
uh, Jay Peterman. Ah. So he does this like really cheesy hyper corporate pitching ad, and it would be pitched to like rich and you know angel investors who put their money into this stuff. And it's just full of like all this like super corporate lingo and jargon. And it's just really weird to see a comical actor promote a new startup for this dodgy business guy. It was really surreal to watch yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Um, well, he still has to get work. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Like I understand, but it was just weird. I'm like, is this actually happening? But yeah, yeah. it happened. And I, I dug a bit deeper and apparently John Hurley has a history of this. And I watched a really like really cheesy '90s video of him doing the similar thing for a company. I don't know if they're around anymore, called Centrelink, but with a Q, not a K. Oh, not yeah. a, not Australian. No, Centrelink. no, not our no. social system. No, no, no. Um, and it was promoting like internet kiosks in in um uh in in shopping malls in America, and you could go there, and it was sort of like the first version of I guess of like it was oh, like internet cafe. No, no, like online shopping. Right, right. You know where I think you could order stuff off these kiosks instead of walking around the shops. It, oh, it kind of okay. felt that's... like a really like primitive version of Amazon, maybe. Oh, that's pretty revolutionary for the 90s. For the time, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just funny like watching like these like, like 90s images and it's just like really bad technology. And <laughs> at, the, at the time, they would have thought this is cutting edge shit. It's like, like Nis- you know, Nisscape yeah, like, Navigator. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the yeah. Matrix is here sort of stuff. But oh it was just, God. it was rubbish. And again, he was doing this like really cheesy walk and this like corporate promo and stuff. It was weird, but yeah. I'm sure they paid him well for it. Probably, it probably. It. And that's probably yeah. what got him the job as Peterman. That's it. That's what did yeah, I think this was a bit after. Oh, once he became Yeah, famous. I think okay. that first video was from like 97, 98. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. the one for Yayo so, is like in the last month or so. So the tail end of Seinfeld when it was finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 97, 98. I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. And the last piece of... Oh, sorry, I've got two more. So, oh, oh geez. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a humane society um, in uh, Roycehurst, which is a small town in America. And um, they promote uh, on like a local access television show they promote um, cat rescue and adoption. <laughs> and uh, the cat for the week ending, I believe the first week of May, was named Jerry Seinfeld. So you can watch a little YouTube video where there's like a like a, a woman and another woman sitting down chatting and uh, she's just talking about the cat rescue and this little kitten, really cute, is named Jerry Seinfeld. Very cute. I would have adopted it, Aww. but, you know, it's in America. What's what the do? deal with whiskers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if my cat did that, I would... I would I, I wouldn't have it for very long. Oh, you'd make money from it. Yeah, I guess the so. Talking actually. cat. That's true. Stand up, an observational, humorous. That's cat. true. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as business savvy as you, Ivan. So oh, yeah. didn't think of that. <laughs> and the last piece, and probably the least relevant, but still included because why not? Um, Jessica Seinfeld, who's Jerry's wife. Yes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, gave him a porcelain cat for his birthday. Oh, there you a, go. That kind of links with the last story. Yes. She Ironic. Put a, she put a photo up on Instagram, and apparently he didn't like it. And he was very, very um, forward and he, open about him not liking it. He didn't like the porcelain cat or he the photo? He didn't like the gift at all. Oh, and no. the photo on her Instagram um, is a photo of him holding the cat, looking really, really just disappointed. Yeah, okay. Not a fan. Yeah. And then the um, next photo is the porcelain cat on the ground. In pieces. In pieces, yeah. Oh, an accident. Yeah. Well, Quote, unquote, accident. And that's it for Seinfeld News this week. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, a couple of cat-related yeah. Seinfeld News things. Yeah, it was very cat-heavy, wasn't it? It was. Hmm. Yes. And speaking of cats, we're going to talk about the trip. I don't know how that links. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a bad segue. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's yeah, fine. All right, let's go to a break and we'll come back and you're on But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Our top story tonight, there has been a break in the so-called smog stranglings. Police have just released a photo of the suspect being sought in connection with the slang. He is known only as Kramer. 
and welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, uh, a Seinfeld podcast dedicated to the secondary characters of a much beloved show. And uh, so far, we've given you a bit of uh, fun and interesting Seinfeld news. Yeah, a couple of cat-related things. Yeah, very cat-themed, very cat-themed, yeah. coincidentally. Yeah. Uh, but now, Ivan's going to take over and run through a excellent synopsis of the trip part one. Yes, season four, episodes one and two. And I, I, I must say, this, these episodes were very well written. You know, it was like a procedural drama more than a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Lots of excellent quotes, a lot of lines, a lot of good scenes. Yep. It was great. Quick synopsis, written by Larry Charles and directed by Tom Sharones. This episode aired firstly, well, part one first aired on August 12th and part two aired on August 19th of 1992. In part one, Jerry scores two free tickets to LA as he'll be a guest on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, So George comes along for the trip. And yeah, he's just basically wondering, should I bring this? What if I do this? He needs a haircut. He needs. What if I need a haircut? What, what if I need... Will there be a meal allowance? Will there be a meal allowance? Yeah, yeah. It's all these questions. Uh, and I love Jerry's reaction of just his, his head's <laughs> in his hands like, oh, he's I like, immediately regret asking George along. He's like, I should have brought a lane. Yeah, this is going to be know. painful. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. Uh, but I'll explain in a bit later why Elaine wasn't in the episode. Yep. Yeah. So, George and Jerry, they head to LA and they decide to try and track down Kramer who left for LA after an argument with Jerry in the season three finale, The Keys. So he can become an actor and screenwriter. Yes. Uh, A woman who befriends Kramer named Chelsea, she's played by Debbie A. Monaghan, is found dead with a copy of Kramer's treatment or script on her person. She's a victim in a spate of serial killing sweeping the city by the Smog Strangler, played by... What's his face? <laughs> Ron, uh, Ron Howard's brother, Clint Howard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kramer's image is shown on the news as he's the primary suspect of the murders. So that's part one. Part two commences with Jerry and George heading to the police station to help clear Kramer's name. A car thief, Clint Howard, is apprehended and placed in the same cop car as the duo and escapes when they leave the door open after exiting the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, Kramer, which is so good. Kramer's arrested for the murders. Uh, he's let go after an intense interrogation as another murder took place while he was in custody. Kramer decides to stay in LA to pursue his dream career and Jerry and George return to New York. They're surprised to discover that at the end of the episode, Kramer has moved back into his apartment and he is given back the spare key to Jerry's place. I so, love the final scene where he throws he comes back yeah, in and he, he throws, throws his keys he throws and like they the cauldron. cover. Yeah, he throws like the, the cauldron keys <laughs> yeah. at him. Yeah, it's like the dungeon keys. Yeah, it's awesome. It's freaking Doesn't sick. it Does it knock something off the coffee table? Coffee coffee table? Coffee table? Yeah, I think it knocks yeah, something yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they both yeah. get out of the way as if it's a weapon. Yeah, it's so good. funny. It looks like a weapon. It's a yeah. metal projectile coming could, at you. It could do some damage. Yeah, yeah. So other characters in this one include Helena, uh, Detective Martell, and also other one, other one, Stephen. Uh, so we've got Lieutenant Coleman. Yeah, we've got Lieutenant Coleman. We've got the car thief. I didn't catch his name. Uh, yeah, Tobias. Yep. We've got Chelsea. Uh, we've also got someone who. Uh, well, he was credited as the freak. Um, and we've also got a newscaster yes. um, who reports on Kramer's suspect, uh, suspected murders. Mm-hmm. Um, the security agent at the airport. Yes, that's right. Yep. And finally, but certainly not yes. least importantly, yes. uh, oh, the chambermaid, worth, worth Lupe. Lupe. Yeah. Lupe plays a pivotal part in George's No, I was trying to think, arc. you know when people say uh, last but not least? I was like, finally, but not something? Yeah, yeah. Just didn't work. I think um, she was very pivotal for the uh, for the episode totally yeah yeah because yeah. that that played into George's story arc yeah for yeah. sure and he wants it untucked he does he likes one to tuck yeah. and one no tuck and one no tuck yeah I like when uh, when Jerry changes his mind and uh, you know hang on a minute you know I'll go for the tuck 
He's like, are you sure? He's like, yep, I'm tucking. I'm tucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm tucking. I'm tucking. Put me down for a tuck. Put me down for a tuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A few trivia uh, things. I guess a bit of trivia about the episodes. Uh, Elaine's not featured in the episodes and is only in bit parts for the next two episodes, the pitch and the ticket. You know, want to know why? She's pregnant. She Yeah, she was on maternity leave at the time. Has she had a baby by this point and she's just... Uh, like a brand new mum or is she actually still pregnant I, I don't I okay. don't remember but right. she was on maternity leave yep. I think that's all it was mm. and yeah. she returns in episode 5 of season 4 oh no she's to in, like full time yeah 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 so she's in episode 3 the pitch and 4 the ticket yep. but only in bit parts yep, yep. but she comes back fully in, in episode 5 yeah okay yeah uh, Kramer's first name is missing from the script found on Chelsea's body did you notice that yeah notice how it's ripped out of the bottom yeah and it's a reference to the mystery of his first name at the mm. time which is revealed later on yes which, if you listen to episode ten, we talk about the parents of Seinfeld. We yep. uh, we talk about Babs, his mother, and uh, yeah, talk about Cosmos. Cosmos, Cosmo, Cosmos, Cosmos. <laughs> if he was Greek, yeah, Cosmos Kremeras. If he was a god or something yeah. in the Greek pantheon, he would be Cosmos. Yes, and you're probably wondering, Seinfeld fans, why have out of all the secondary characters we've done, why haven't we mentioned this one ever? This is the first appearance of Monk's cashier, Ruthie Cohen. She'd mm. go on to become the most frequent character on the show outside of the core four. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is she, she the one with the fingernails? Uh, she's the cashier, like the middle-aged cashier. Ah, oh, right. Yep, she yep, would yep. appear in another 100 episodes in the series. Mostly but mostly just in the parts. background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, she's in that a couple makes... of speaking parts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, she's appeared in 101 episodes, and this is, is she, the first episode. Is she the one where George disputes? Yes. He is insistent that he gave her a 20? Yes, yeah. And she said no. That, that's no. her. That's one of her her own... That's that's one of the, her speaking roles. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. few, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's the first time. Oh, would you believe Interesting. It? Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, there you go. And final uh, trivia, the hotel Kramer stays in is the same one Julia Roberts stayed in for Pretty Woman two years earlier. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Didn't put those two together. Oh, well, wouldn't have been expected. No. But yes, so that is the trip part one and two. Now, Stephen, let's get into the characters. Who are we going to talk about first? I reckon we should start off with uh, Helena. Helena, oh yes. Kramer, Kramer. I think he's in love with me. Yes. Played by Elmarie Wendell. Her biggest role uh, was in the 90s sitcom Third Rock from the Sun, and she played Mrs. Dubkick. Dubkick? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Over 100 episodes, so she must have probably like a secondary character on the show, but she was in quite a few, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion Helena appears to have a psychological complex. Um, yeah. I think she thinks that she was a once a big-time starlet in the 30s. I don't think she actually was. Okay. Um, I, I got something a bit different. Okay. I think that she got to the big time, yeah. reached a certain level, but it just tapered off really quickly. Right. It, it fell apart. You oh, know, she yeah. chose the wrong role, and she's really bitter, and she can't. She can't accept that. And so she's, she's still deluded. in a delusional world. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I get the impression as well that she thinks that the world is this dramatic acting world. Yeah. You know, she's a bit detached from reality. Oh, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm trying to be polite. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she was, um, she claimed that she played a secretary in a Three Stooges skit. And I, mm. I, I'm, I don't think it's a valid claim because she claims that in the episode or in the skit, the Stooges were executed after killing a baby. And. I don't recall there was ever a plot. Kramer makes that point too. Yeah, she goes, I it's don't a think bit the too Stooges, dark for the Stooges. Yeah, the Stooges. I mean, they do like stupid things, but they never. 
but it's slapstick humor. It's not murdering children. It's not infant and infanticide. 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 Yeah. yeah, it's not infant infanticide. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not baby killing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is very strange. Um. Mm. So yeah, I think um. Yeah, I think she was a pretty good character, and I love I love when she's being interrogated in the uh, cop shop. Or yeah. PlayStation. She's like, oh, I think Kramer had a thing for me. A lot of men do. Yeah, you know, she thinks I have Kramer's many suitors. Like, I have many suitors, <laughs> and the guys like. Ugh. No, yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't think she has contact with any humans. I don't think so. So anyone who even acknowledges her, she probably really unhealthily attaches herself to them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely deluded. That's that's the first word that came to mind. Yeah, deluded. Do you think she started off as a child actor, like in the vein of Shirley Temple? Yeah, maybe, 30s, maybe. Like she started off as a child actor, and then, like you said, she worked her way up, and then she just hit. Rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I didn't think of that, but mm. that would make sense. Yeah. I think um, for whatever reason why her career may have ended early and she's still bitter and deluded about it. Yeah. Um, maybe as well, I'm just thinking, maybe it was because of like drugs or alcohol. You know, it's not uncommon for child stars to just, I don't know, they kind of just lose the plot. Like River Phoenix or, oh, yeah. you know, Drew Barrymore, they get a- addicted to, dr- uh, to drugs and substances really early. Mm. And, you know, some of them, they go through rehab and they kind of clean themselves up and move on. But some... Like Drew Barrymore. Like Drew Barrymore, exactly. Whereas others, unfortunately, like River Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not blaming River Phoenix, but I'm just saying that, you know, you can't deny that there was probably a connection between his, um, you know, his drug use and his death. Like, yeah, they yeah. play a part. So. Maybe that as well. Like maybe she just went off the rails, you know, because she was just exposed to it too early. She couldn't deal with it. She didn't know how to sort of handle it. Yeah. And, you know, she got lost in, in drugs and booze, like unfortunately, like a lot of actors do, mm-hmm. you know, and she just has never, you know, maybe she got clean as well, Yeah. but she never like regained, you know, maybe she lost respect a lot of the industry lost respect for her. Or, yeah. She never, she never was the same pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, she could never get back to where she was. Yeah. 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 Pretty sad character, but uh, yeah, I liked her. Yeah, she was funny, but very kind of like like tragic comedy. Tragic comedy, you yeah. know, which plays into the to the to the drama that you mentioned. Yeah. Like that's a pretty classic archetypal character, you know, mm-hmm. where it's sort of like the sad clown. Yeah, in a way, exactly. You know, but I liked her character. Yeah, no, she's funny. Yeah, yeah, I love how how obviously awkward Kramer is. Yeah, around her, where he's like, yeah, 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 I'll do that, you know, and he's trying to sort of find a reason to leave. Yeah, to leave. It's yeah, like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I really better get going. Like, Don't, they're gonna eat you alive out there, Kramer. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive, <laughs> Kramer. Kramer. Do you think she wears that makeup all the time, or just yes. around Kramer? I think she wears it all the time. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine her really sadly applying it in the mirror. Yeah, with made, tears with streaming tears, down her eyes. Just the mascara is streaked all over her face. Yeah, very yeah. dramatic, like like she thinks life is. And I think she's still remembering, you know, her, her very, very past past about her, her failed acting career. Yeah. And she's just, just not over it. Yeah, oh, very tragic, very poor, sad. Very tragic. Poor soul. A very tortured and, um, yeah, just, just lost soul. I, I hope she's all right. Yeah. I hope she. I hope she got. It. I hope she found her second coming in later age. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Who have you got next, mate? Car thief, aka Tobias. Yeah, so I love this guy. He's also the smog strangler. We find out at the end of the episode. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And kind he's of. a very generous tipper. He is. He's <laughs> very. He's very. Um. You know, annoyed at Jerry's what he sees as bad tipping. Yeah, I know. It's like a dollar, two dollars. That's tops. lousy. It's like, that's lousy, five dollars. Yeah. And it kind of is. I mean, you know, it's well known that, um, you know, service staff and hospitality staff in America don't get paid well. And they rely on tips. Exactly. A yeah. dollar tip's pretty cheap. That is very cheap. You know, and Jerry's not exactly lacking in money. Exactly. So even pretty, his character's doing pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I reckon so. George would even tip more than that, and he's a cheap ass. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah. He'd try and get out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. He would find a reason not to tip. Like, she did something really small yeah. that was, you know, that he didn't like. And, you know, for that reason, he justifies not tipping her. Well, at the, at the end of the episode, they doesn't they, don't they forget to tip Lupe? They find out when they're back in New York. Yeah, actually. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, no, we forgot to tip her. Yeah, I reckon George is lying. I reckon George is lying. He didn't forget at all. He just didn't. No, because his sheets were tucked. Yeah. That's why. She, yeah. He was like, no, I'm mm. happy with this. Yeah. yeah. Most people would go, oh, well, I'll still tip her. Yeah. But not George. No, nah, too bad. No. Car Thief is played by Clinton Howard. He's the younger brother of director-actor Ron Howard. Mm. Uh, he had a recurring role on The Andy Griffith Show as a boy, and okay. uh, his his skit was he was always dressed in a cowboy outfit and he ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And uh, he never said a word, but he always offered someone a bite. Okay. Apparently that was... It was like a recurring character. It doesn't sound very funny, show. but... Okay. Oh, it's like the 50s, 60s. Yeah, that's know, true. Different time, but yeah. that's how we got his start. Okay. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. Do you reckon he looks like a serial killer? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of got that bald, creepy, yeah, disheveled hair and... Yeah. yeah. He's definitely one of the uglier Howard brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know. Just the ug- just one of the uglier Howard brothers. That's just funny to me. It's funny, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Clint Howard, he's mostly a character actor. And, uh, yeah, his character, Car Thief, a.k.a. Tobias, um, he is the archetype of a serial killer. Uh, definitely not all there mentally. Mm. And he murders no one but young women, which is a common, especially, like, for serial killers. They usually target a specific person, yeah. They usually age have or a different or a, uh, of an age of, or of a gender, especially a lot of serial killers like Ted Bundy and all that kind of. Yeah, they those. definitely discriminate. They have a pattern. Yeah, That's usually pattern. how they're caught. Yep. Because you know the FBI or whatever can establish a psychological profile based on who they kill, and they can kind of whittle it down to suspects. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think a lot of influence from like real serial killers inspired yeah. the character. I think the way that they did it. For, it reminds me just off the cuff of. Um, the the ice truck killer who's a, the 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 serial killer in the first season of Dexter mm-hmm. he he targets um, sort of late twenties Hispanic um, sex workers mm-hmm. you know so yeah it just reminded me of that because I've been watching Dexter a lot lately of course you have you mentioned that last week too. I did too yeah yeah oh. <laughs> actually the week before I don't know I don't know you mentioned it yeah 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 um so I think yeah he definitely fits the profile of a serial killer definitely has is antisocial yeah you know definitely like psychopathic yeah. sociopathic he's got all the all the traits uh he's a generous tipper which i i think to me would indicate he has at least some moral compass you know he probably feels sorry for low-income earners mm. you know he probably thinks even though he kills and he pillages he thinks oh look i better give him something do you think the um the the obsession with good tipping and his uh targets for his killings uh maybe somehow linked how do you mean well, I don't know. It, get, going back to, say, the ice truck killer, when, as the season progresses, you find out why he picks sex workers because it's linked back to his past and his mother. Or being abused or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it all sort of ties in. It all makes sense. So maybe he maybe he was, like, a, a you know, a hospitality worker. Oh, maybe. And he got badly yes. tipped and, you know, that manifested into serial killing. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. It just seems like some he's really obsessed with tipping and maybe it's linked somehow, some way. I can't think of, of yeah, a way yeah. oh, to, actually, to who he kills. I think... I'm having another brainwave. I always yeah. have brainwaves when we're doing the podcast. Yeah, well, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. I reckon he was probably turned down by a lot of women. Okay. You know, make maybe he maybe he was a, like a waiter in hospitality right. or something, and maybe, you know, he never got tipped. 
you know, maybe right. the women said, oh, he's not a good-looking guy. That was so vain. Or maybe he tried to approach Ma- them and maybe he didn't have the social skills to kind of have a conversation. And okay, and his, and his customers weirdo. were a bit turned off. Yeah, and they probably didn't tip repulsed him. by him and didn't tip him. And then he thought, that's it, taking my revenge. Okay, that would yeah, make sense. That would that's make sense. If we were FBI profilers, mm. that's our working theory. Yeah. We're looking for a disgruntled waiter. Yeah, or maybe he still works at, as maybe at the time he was still a waiter. That's true. A lot of serial killers have very seemingly normal lives. They do. You know, because they're, they're sociopaths, so they have very rehearsed normal lives to fit into society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that wouldn't that wouldn't um, be a surprise if he just had a normal, everyday, working-class job. Yeah, and a lot of the bodies are actually in some canyon in L.A. Mm. They're actually seem, He seems to dump his bodies in the same place. Yeah, I think that's pretty typical for serial killers as well. Usually around the same area. Ground. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, they sort of feel safe there or something. They do. You know, they yeah. know that they know the area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so that's th- what I think. I didn't really have anything more about him, did no, you? No, no, I think that was about it. I think he was just pretty much, yeah, the archetype of a serial killer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he had all yeah. the traits. If you read about, like, I've read a lot about serial killers. Okay. And there's a lot of traits that he exhibits. Yeah. Inhibits. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, his character's def- definitely archetypal. Absolutely. Let's go to a quick break and we'll come back for some more characters, yeah? Yeah. And you're on, but I'd want to be a secondary character. How do you tip a chamberlain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Five bucks a night. No, our two tops. Hey, you guys aren't cuffed. What are you, narcs? Narcs, imagine us narcs. No, no, no. no actually, uh, we're uh, friends of a serial killer. That's very nice. Oh, okay. Suspected serial killer. He didn't actually do it. Yeah, well, we don't think. We're pretty sure. A dollar, a night. Yeah, that's a good tip. Aw, oh, that stinks. I read it in Man Landers. Oh, Ann Landers sucks. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a podcast about our beloved secondary characters of Seinfeld. And you're with us for our 12th episode, and we're talking about the trip parts one and two of season four. Yes, and so far we have gone through some Seinfeld news and a bit of a synopsis and a couple of characters. And uh, now we're going to talk about Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea, and uh, yeah, she's the uh, blonde bombshell that Kramer befriends when he goes for an audition. She's played by Debbie A. Monaghan, and uh, she doesn't really have an extensive film career. Yeah, she I noticed that. Yeah, she hasn't appeared in anything since 2003. Uh, she was in the TV show The Practice in two episodes. Okay. Um, but her roles include, uh, these must be B-grade films, Laser Mission, Shattered, <laughs> and Liberace. Yeah. Yeah, I've never... I don't know. I don't know any of those films. And you even look... I looked at the film posters, and they all looked just tacky, you know, like B-grade, <laughs> yeah. kind of tacky. It's Low like, budget. Yeah. Yep. It's like probably half the budget went to the poster. You know, <laughs> it's no joke. Yeah. You know, it's, but, yeah, she hasn't really had any big roles. I think playing Chelsea in that bit part was her... It's probably her uh, most high-profile role. And that's a common theme we find with a lot of these uh, actors who play secondaries on the show. Yeah. This, like, these characters seem to be their big... Yeah. Roles? It's really... I think if you can be attached to Seinfeld in any way, it's mm. always going to be high profile in it's a filmography. It's going to yeah. You know? So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's way more sort of, uh, you know, um, B-grade, C-grade, D-grade, whatever yeah. actors than there are A-grade. Of course. So, you know, it, it makes sense that an A-grade show would 
raise the profile of a BCD, whatever, great actor or yeah, actress. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, so for Chelsea, she befriends, like I said, she, she befriends Kramer after meeting him at an audition. Do you, um, I wanted to ask, I wanted mm. to get your opinion. He's oh, obviously yeah. very attracted to her when they meet. Of course. He sort of gravitates towards her. He wears those cool shades. Do you think she reciprocates that or she's just allowing him to hang around because she's concerned that he might not take rejection well? You know... Yeah, I think some people do that sometimes where they're being nice because they're fearful of how someone might take rejection. I think she's just so vacuous Okay, she doesn't notice. Do you think she just likes any sort of attention? I think she likes any kind of attention. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she was planning on getting with Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think because she wants someone to kind of brag. You know, she brags about being cast in a miniseries playing Eva Braun. She pronounces it Eva Brown. Adolf, <laughs> yeah. no, Adolf Hitler's lover. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's not the most... And she's connected to West German television West money. West German... Te- yeah, exactly. Doesn't West- sound shady at all. Yeah, and remember West Germany, uh, the Berlin Wall fell like two, three years before this episode. Yeah, so, so West Germany didn't even really exist technically at this yeah. point. Oh, exactly, yeah. So it didn't make any sense. I think she's, I think she's very full of herself. Yeah. I think she's, she's probably... You know, she's probably been... She's probably like what she's like in real life, Debbie Monaghan. She's probably been in all these bit parts and B-grade movies. Mm. And suddenly she gets a miniseries, you know. And she, so do you reckon it inflated the actor's ego, ego as well? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, and I, and she probably thinks this is going to be her big break. But, mm. uh, didn't pan out. No, it didn't pan out. She was a victim of the smog strangler. And uh, <laughs> my understanding is Chelsea's the first dead body seen in Seinfeld. Yeah, I Possibly believe so. Possibly the only one. I don't think we see a dead body. I can't think of any. No. If you know of any, let us know. But it, it definitely felt like one of the darker moments of all of Seinfeld. Yeah, especially when like it has the, the close-up of her face and then you just see the body bag. Yeah. Zip up. It's like, yeah. oh, jeez. You know, for a yeah. sort of primetime, I guess you could say family-ish, friendly-ish sitcom, it was a bit dark. It was. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if... I didn't want to exaggerate, but now that we've talked about it more, I reckon she's just an out-and-out liar and bullshitter. Yeah. I don't... You know, some people exaggerate or, you know, bend the truth a bit. I reckon she's like she George. Just, yeah. She just I, lives by lying. I, I don't think she's like... Like, he's another level of, <laughs> you know, just George. Yeah, of course. I don't think she's that bad, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I don't think she tells the truth very often, especially when it comes to her acting chops or That's true. whatever. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's all I really had about her. Okay. I, mean. I reckon she would like, she maybe would, um, you know, there's a bit of a cliche, I guess, in Hollywood, mm. like kind of a bit of a parasite on the industry where she likes meeting up with celebrities and probably tries to get into parties and clubs and stuff yeah. just to like live the lifestyle, but doesn't actually want to be a good, serious actress. I don't want to be an actor. She doesn't want to be an actress. <laughs> she be She'll an always actor. only ever be a secondary actress. Yeah. Probably not even secondary, except no. in this one episode. Yeah, she's I reckon, the, uh, I reckon she's a bit character. of a hanger-on of the industry and doesn't really care about acting. She just likes the sort of... The, she want, yeah, she loves the fame. The fame and the, the money fame. and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But she, She's in acting for the wrong reasons. I know a lot of actors who are in it for the love, yeah. which is fantastic. And if the money comes, excellent. But yeah, That's a I bonus. Think, and I think she's she's made the mistake of coming into acting thinking that she'll make millions, yeah. which is the wrong way of doing it. Do you think maybe she thought that, well, she could look in the mirror and say, well, I'm conventionally attractive, you know, I'm reasonably intelligent, That's that, that'll be enough to make it? I don't actually have to have good chops. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, she, she knew that maybe she could try and rely on her... On her looks, on, on her, her looks, looks rather yeah. than talent. Maybe you know. Maybe yeah, yeah. That's what I got. I, I didn't really like her that much. No, she was maybe. a bit frustrating. She you was know, a bit shallow. And look what happened to her. Yeah, so she didn't deserve that. No, but she um, didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. So who do you want to talk about next? Detective Martell, uh, played by uh, Peter Murnick. He's uh, known for being in Transformers Dark of the Moon. I think it's one of those shitty sequels. Oh, garbage. Uh, he's also in Armageddon and Hard Rain. Okay. Um, so with Detective Martell, uh, the actor himself, he was born, Peter Murnick, he was born in 1965. So uh, we can assume that at the time the episode was released, he would have been, like his character Martell would have been mid to late 20s. So probably fresh out of learning how to be a detective. I'm sure he started as a beat cop. Most do, don't they? Yeah, he did. And they get promoted to detective? Yeah, definitely. And I think he, he appears to be very brash and he has a huge ego. Mm-hmm. I think he probably came out of being like promoted to a detective was all top shit. Yep. He was like, look at me. You know, he's probably like mid-20s. You know like Brad Pitt in Seven? Yep. Remember how he's all arrogant and brash at the start? And then like as the case unfolds and then later what happens at the end, yeah. it kind of ruins him. So mm. I think Martell was like that. Okay. You know, prior mm. to Brad Pitt's character being involved in the, okay. in the serial murders or, you know, being involved in the case. Yep. I think I think um, Martel kind of mirrors that mm. in a way. And, yeah, definitely, like, if he was born in 65, he'd be, he would have been mid to late 20s at the yeah. time. So makes 27, sense. I guess. Yeah. He, um, and he has a huge ego, and he even threatens to send an officer to transit patrol. Uh, for wrongfully using the term on her person in reference to Kramer's screenplay. Yeah, he was very offended by that. Yeah, on her person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she's dead. Mm. <laughs> yeah, see, I I kind of get where you're coming from, but I didn't get the same idea of him being egotistical. I saw him as maybe more um, kind of like bitter and cynical about the world because he's just dealt with one too many grisly murders. Oh, at, at 25, 26, yeah, maybe. pretty young. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we if we assume that that's his age as the character, but he could be older... You know, he's a character. I just, I just went by the actual actor's age. I sure. assumed I was the same age. Yeah, okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that's why, that's why I did it. No, he just came across as like more of a grizzled, cynical detective. Like young, but that's the kind of vibe I got. Almost like a Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Just, you know, just really curmudgeonly. Curmudgeon? You love that word. I do. Curmudgeon. I say it a lot, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I'd say he's very curmudgeon. Yeah. yeah. I reckon I reckon he, he seems to take murders personally rather than just sort of emotionally detach from the job and say, well, this is... You know, it's tragic. I can feel feelings, but it hits him personally rather than yeah. just sort of be objective about Especially it. Especially when he interrogates Kramer. Yeah. It reduces him to tears. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like someone that he loved was murdered and he has this big connection to it. Whereas I think most detectives would try and be a bit more detached yeah. and just sort of be a bit more pragmatic about solving the case. He yeah. seems to be a lot more emo- emotionally invested. He even calls Kramer a weed. Yeah. And strangles beautiful flowers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty harsh. Yeah, I was thinking, going along the vibe of like him taking things personally, I reckon someone close to him was murdered. I and think that just, so. You know, maybe an ex-partner True. or something. True. You know, and he's just really just distressed and... and <laughs> And just angry so at, like, at the world. It's like Max Payne. Yeah. You know, the video game. Yeah, I, I know gets, of it. Wife gets murdered and he goes on a revenge spree. Okay. Don't recall it. The gangs. But he's like very bitter. You know, okay. he wants to seek vengeance. I reckon yeah. he's an alcoholic in his private life too, to deal with, you know, grisly murders. Has to. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of remind me of those like typical cliches of like, you know, detectives who like are rebels and they they, they have like a cantankerous relationship with their their um their police chief. Like Jimmy McNulty from The Wire? Yeah. Have you ever watched yeah. The Wire? Um, no, not much. Oh, okay. There's a character called Jimmy McNulty. Okay. And he's like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. I kind of got like even like John McLean vibes from um, Die Hard where oh, he's like, yeah. you know, he's a bit of an alcoholic. His wife's left him. Yeah, yeah. His life's a bit of a shambles. Yeah. But he's still an amazing cop. Yeah. Like he loves his job and he's really good at it. But his life, his personal life's a bit of a train wreck. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of got that. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a lot of... 
a lot of pain. Yeah, he's got a lot of pain and he's not very good at keeping it under wraps and just getting on with the job. It comes out very frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I got for Detective Martell. You have a few smaller characters. You can just touch on those. Yeah, so I've got um, the newscaster. He reports on Kramer's suspected involvement with the murder of Chelsea yes. at the end of episode one. Yep. His name's Keith Morrison. Um, he he's, looks very chiseled, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And uh, he's actually a true broadcast. He's a broadcaster in real life. His ah, name's the, Keith Morrison. There you go. He's a Canadian broadcast journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been a correspondent for Dateline NBC. And apparently he's very well respected as a correspondent. Great. Um, when I was watching him, I paused it. And I think he was wearing a hairpiece. It looked like a really bad toupee. <laughs> I didn't notice. You, Just you an always observation. Notice, you always notice the little things. Yeah, I yeah. like the little details. <laughs> yeah. Another person I thought was worth mentioning was a security agent who... Um, quizzes George on his moisturizer oh, at the yes. airport when they're going through the um, detector. <laughs> is, is, this, is this for your wife? Yeah. For no, me. I moisturize. I moisturize. Yeah, he doesn't have much of a role, but he gives George like a little sort of, okay, yeah. look. He's like, and he zips Ooh. up. He's like, all right, you know, have a safe flight. And George gives him a little look back like, yeah. Yeah, okay. take that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon he's the sort of guy, he's seen it all. He's probably been a security, uh, you know, airport security staff yeah, member yeah. for 30 years. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Lupe, the chambermaid. Who didn't tuck. Who didn't tuck. Yeah. After being give, given very, very specific instructions on what they want and how to tuck. Do you reckon she, he, she uh, did that deliberately to piss him off? Well, I found George to be really bloody patronising in that he scene. So I reckon, she would, I reckon she would have done it just to piss him off. Probably. Just, to, just, just, just as a fuck you, which is fine. Because yeah, they were only there, I think, for a couple of nights. Well, it was a two-day trip. Two so day either trip. one or two. They either flew in on the Friday night or the yep. Saturday morning and they would have left Sunday, I guess. Yeah, so they are only there for one night. One night, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. And he was so patronising and so annoying. And, you know, she was taking it with a smile on her face. She was very polite and yep. very understanding, trying to understand. Or maybe Lupe forgot. Yeah. You know, like okay. Lupe obviously deals with a lot of hotel rooms and poor Lupe, she probably just forgot. She nah, about I want to give her more credit and yeah. she just did it as a fuck you to George. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, okay. he gets a lot of fuck yous in the show. So yeah, that's true. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the last person I wanted to mention was, he's only credited as the freak and he's... um. <laughs> you ever killed a good man? You ever seen a dead body, man? Dead body, man? <laughs> very, very um, Bill and Ted. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Man. He kind of played the cliched '90s stoner. Yeah, I thought of just like, yeah, man, yeah, man, fuck, dude. You <laughs> <laughs> know, whoa, whoa. It kind of, it's like, like it's Keanu like, Reeves. yeah, he's like stoner Neo. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Actually, Bill and Ted's probably perfect. And like, whoa. another reference, if you noticed, he had a backwards cross on his forehead. Okay, I didn't notice. It's a that. reference to Charles Manson. Right. Charles Manson has that tattooed on his head. Oh, didn't know that. I think he had it on his head or somewhere on his face. Okay. Like, That's Charles Manson. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's got that. You know a lot about serial killers. I do. I've got a whole book on him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he was played by... Stab. He was played by a guy named Ricky Dean Logan. Yeah. Um, he's been in some pretty good movies. He was in Back to the Future Part 2 and 3. Nice. Uh, he was in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Ah, yeah. Um, he was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, sweet. And he was in uh, Bridget Jones's Baby, which is the third in the Bridget Jones oh, trilogy. Oh, that only came out, I think, last year? Yeah, I haven't seen it, yeah. so I don't know what he plays. But oh, yeah. I it's not too bad, actually. Okay. No, it's all right. I like the original Bridget Joneses. Me too. Yeah, they're yeah, fun. They're fun. They're sort of a guilty pleasure. Ah, it's fun. Yeah. I love, I love the opening scene where she's... You know, sitting watching TV, and yep. she starts singing, "Oh, by myself." Mm. Like she starts 
she starts like miming it. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah, good. Well, I, I haven't seen like it in a while. Eating. She's like eating. Some is she eating chocolate food. or something? I think it's like crap food. Yeah, yep. it's good. It's like good. pleasure food. Yeah, pleasure food. Yeah, yep. I reckon the only thing about his character, um, because I've had them in my life, is just smoked way too much weed, oh. and he's just a <laughs> yeah. massively paranoid stoner. Yeah. He thinks that everything's a conspiracy, and he's like, "Whoa, man!" I'm surprised he didn't wear a tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah, maybe not like crazy conspiracy theorist, yeah, but yeah. just, just. Just a massive stoner. <laughs> you know, I reckon he lives in his mum's basement. Oh, yeah. Just sure. pulls bongs for a living. <laughs> pulls bongs. That's what he does. Nice. You know, rips cones. And, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, man. He gets, yeah. like, really riled up over nothing. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was funny. And that's <laughs> all I have for the secondary characters. Anything yeah. that you wanted to add? No, that was it for me for the uh, the trip. Actually, it's probably worth mentioning. Oh, all right. um, they're yeah. not secondary characters. They play themselves. But there's three yes, celebrity cameos. There sure is. Yes, I'll tell you who they are. So we have the other secondaries. We have Fred Savage, who mm. you've seen in a lot of 80s films. Mostly known for The Wonder Years, Wonder which was years, a big yes. hit at the time. It was, yes. Uh, Corbin Burnson, who was from LA Law, and uh, George Wint, the uh, large man from Cheers. Norm. Norm, yes. All mm. appear as themselves. Yeah. I like their sort of, you know, they're just sort of tolerating George as he's trying to give them ideas. Well, like, not, not Fred Savage. Others, no, no, yeah, team. you're right. Sorry, yeah. but he kind of just tolerates. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like put up with him as long as he can. As long as he can, and then he just bails. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. And, and I, lo- I love when it's like they're they're on a break in the Jay Leno show. Yeah. Um, George Wint and Corbin are talking to each other, and they're like, "Hey, is that the same guy? Short guy? With bald, yeah, just in the hall. Yeah, just in the hall. Oh, you, you get some crazies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I like how he's like, now have I got a case for you on LA Law? Yeah. And just the the look of like, oh, really? Yeah, really. Like he's heard it a million times. Yeah. Another fan with a shitty storyline. And then when it cuts to him on Jay Leno, he's like, oh, these people, these fans always come up to me and they yeah, tell me. Yeah, just some nut, just back here, just yeah. just right now. Yeah. And the the look of like the the the, the drop of um of George. George's face yeah, yeah. when he's in the audience and he sort of looks around. Yeah, and everyone's hoping, hoping that no one realizes that it's him that's being talked yeah, about. Exactly. It's so good. I love when he gets his come up and it's like that. Yeah. It's yeah. great. He gets put in his place. It's excellent, yes. Yeah. Alright, let's go to a quick break and uh, I've got a bit of listener mail. Okay. Alright. Cool. Oh, no, 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 don't go out that Kramer. They'll hurt you. They'll destroy you. You'll never make it in this no, town. Elena, You're too sensitive like Elena, me. Elena, you're wrong. You know, I'm not that sensitive no, at all. I was engaged to Mickey Rooney. He left me at the altar. Kramer! Kramer! And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, an Australian-based Seinfeld podcast who, uh, who? who? That, that concentrates on the secondary characters yeah. that are much beloved. Oh, oh man, I'm much, sucking tonight. No, much yeah. beloved television show, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, one of the, the best show of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, one of the best. One of the best. Up there with the top three. Top, top three. Top three off the bat for me right now. Simpsons. Well, still going. 90 Simpsons, Seinfeld, and Roseanne. No. Frasier. Frasier. Mm. Would you count, because The Sopranos started in 1999, would you no. consider them 90s? Well, it started, but the bulk of it's in the noughties, okay. so no. Otherwise, I would have picked Sopranos. Yeah, like when yeah. I think of 90s culture, I don't think of Sopranos. No. I think no. of it as the early 2000s. Because it came later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like to me, 90s is the majority or all of the show happened in the 90s. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, Frasier's great. Yeah, Frasier or Roseanne. What about you? Uh, Seinfeld, Simpsons, and I guess Frasier, yeah. Okay. I suppose. I don't feel like that that was a sincere thing. No, I couldn't think. It's family matters, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Steve (laughs) Urkel, man. Steve Urkel. (laughs) Hey, 
here. Hello, Mr. Winslow. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> oh, no, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, garbage show. Yeah, oh, well. Hey. Uh, Steve Urkel was uh, was famous back like then. like Steve Jerkel. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> hey, let's talk about some... Uh, we've got some listener mail here. Yeah. So let's crack that open. When you control the mail, you control information. All right, we have some listener mail from... Uh, I think he's from... The US, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he is from the US, but we couldn't figure out which city. Which city? No, I think it had... I think the state might be PA. Is that Pennsylvania? I think so. Okay, he might... I can't think of any other states that begin with P. I think he... P, yeah. PA? I, I'm I pretty it sure P, it's I thought it said PA on his, on his account. No, it is It is Pennsylvania, because I, I always see Philadelphia PA, yeah. which is Pennsylvania. Yeah, so, cool. yep. Yeah, so Jeffrey uh, sent us a tweet, and uh, he got caught up with all the episodes, and uh, he loved them. Yeah, no, yeah. it was very lovely to hear. Yeah, very nice. Sent us a couple of messages during the week and last week, so, uh, yeah, really good to hear from you, Jeffrey, and we're really glad you're uh, you're enjoying us. Yeah, no, thanks for um, getting in touch, and um, he even did a, a bit of a multi-tag tweet between us and, I believe, Signcast. Signcast? I know, that's an Honor, isn't it? Yeah, so those guys do an awesome job. So they it's do. nice to be, uh, you know, even sort of mentioned alongside them. Yeah, I guess. So exactly. yeah, cheers for the um for the enthusiasm. It's really awesome. Keep yeah. it up, please. Yeah, thanks, man. We really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll finish off. Um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've started a top ten. Mm. I, I guess once we got to episode nine and ten and eleven, we figured that we'd better do like a t- like an ongoing. Uh, top 10 favorite secondary characters as we watch these episodes. That's right. Um, I did my first list last week. Um, Ivan started a week before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last week, it hasn't actually changed. So um, I'll just go through them. I won't actually describe them. If you want to actually know why they're my favorite top 10, listen to last week's episode, um, The Blood. Uh, so from 10 to 1, it goes Vivian, who was in The Blood, uh, Jillian, who was in The Bizarre Jerry. Yeah. Sid Fields, who's the eponymous old man from uh, episode two, the old man. Um, George's parents, uh, I couldn't separate the two yeah. from uh, episode 10 of our podcast, the Seinfeld. What's the deal with the Seinfeld parents? Yep. Harold and Manny from episode eight, the apartment. Susan Ross uh, from episode five, what's the deal with Susan? Yep. The smelly valet and his BO together. Again, <laughs> couldn't separate them. Yes. They're one uh, from our fourth episode, the smelly car. The record store owner, who was also from uh, episode two, the old man. Um, again, can't separate them. The Street Toughs, Bob and Cedric. Yeah. Uh, from our first episode, The Soup Nazi. Episode one, yeah. And uh, number one is uh, Alton Bennis, Elaine's dad. Yes. Again, and, from yeah. episode 10, What's the Deal with the Seinfeld Parents? And you're going to have a lot of trouble knocking him off, I reckon. I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think you'll have a lot of trouble knocking off your number one, too. Yes. I'll just quickly tell you mine. There has actually been a change. Okay. Yes. There's been one change. Sure. So, number 10, Smelly Valet from The Smelly Car. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine from episode seven, The Stakeout, Vanessa, Jerry's girlfriend. Uh, number eight, Harold and Manny from The Apartment. Number seven, Helena. Oh, wow. On the trip, parts one and two. I think, yeah, it, about her, I, like, I really love the fact that she seems to be like a fallen starlet. Okay. You know, and just, you know, she was ravaged by Hollywood. Mm. And, you know, she's become out an emotional... Chewed her up and spat her out. Spat her out, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think she was really well portrayed. I know she... I, look, some of these characters I have on my list only had very limited screen time. Sure. But for me, these characters in my top ten, or some of them... These bit characters really did it. Yeah, they they they, they made really. a big impact on you. They made a big impact. So I think Helena at number seven. Okay, from you always from surprise me when you add new things to the list, and yeah. this is this is another surprise. But exactly. I get it. Yeah, it makes me think about it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now I've moved, I've shuffled a couple of characters up okay. because of this. So uh, Sid Fields, number six from the Old Man. Uh, number five is Bob and Cedric from the Soup Nazi. Uh, number four, Bookman from the Library, episode three. Uh, number three is the Soup Nazi. 
eponymous character from mm-hmm. episode one. Uh, Susan is number two from episode five, and number one, another Seinfeld parent, Frank Costanza. Yep. From like I said, um, I think for both of us, it's going to be hard to knock down number one. It will be. Yeah. Very hard. Both both crazy old men. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Geriatrics. Yeah. Do you think maybe we're subconsciously connecting to our own like feared futures? Like that's what we'll become. <laughs> That'll be me. That's why it's so comfortable with us. We're like, oh my god, that's us in thirty years. <laughs> oh no. I'll have a loser son George. <laughs> he's such a dweeb. <laughs> and um, yeah. You'll have a brash daughter called Elaine. Mm. Mm. I'd rather Elaine than George, to Me be honest. Too. Me too. Yeah. She's more grounded. Yeah, of. and smart. Yes. Yeah. So that was the trip, parts one and two for episode 12. And uh, if you want to hit us up on social media, at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, uh, Bidwabask.com. Yep. And an email if you want to send us a uh, email, uh, Bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, if you want to take any time to let us know what you think, any ideas, that would be awesome. Yes. And it would be really awesome if you rated and reviewed us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So thanks again for letting us talk at ya. At ya. And, at ya. Uh, and next week we're going to uh, season six and we're going to talk about the Jimmy. The Jimmy. Jim. Stephen likes the Jimmy. Steve, I love the Jimmy. Stephen can't wait to do the Jimmy. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Thanks very much. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Bye. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>